The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. And the culture war is on where we examine certain uh, developments within our culture that uh, we address through the prism of the various points of view reflected in our panel. And this morning we've been joined in the studio by Scott Mass, an associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel here in Toronto. Scott, good to have you on the program. Good to be here. And uh, Greta Vosper is the minister at the West Hill United Church and founder of the Center for Progressive Christianity. Good morning, Greta. Good morning, John. Morning, Scott. Good morning. Talking just before we started, you know, uh, as to uh, your itinerary, both of you are speaking tonight, and uh, I wanted to get the sense for uh, where you're coming from and where you're speaking to uh, or what you're speaking to. But, Greta, let's start. The Center for Progressive Christianity, I guess that sort of dovetails with what you're representing tonight in terms of this symposium you're at. Tell us a little bit about this, and then I've got to ask you about this because a lot of people query whether progressive Christianity is almost an oxymoron, that it's doctrinal, it's been more or less established and set in stone, but you believe highly in the evolution of Christianity. Absolutely, and the, the symposium that I'm part of tonight, it's, it's an internet panel, and, and people can check it out on www.evolutionarychristianity.com. Uh, it's a program that's been going for about six weeks now, maybe eight weeks, with 38 different leaders across North America in evolutionary Christianity, is uh, how Michael Dowd has described it. Michael is the author of the book, Thank God for evolution. And he's brought together these leaders to try to uh, get some information out to the general public about how Christianity has changed and how many, many leaders, many authors, many people working in the field have actually found a way to live beyond supernatural claims that Christianity has made and create and celebrate an evolved faith that's grounded in in scientific reality and not in a supernatural uh, ideology. So in other words, uh, you might even posit Christianity without Christ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, many many people who are exploring Christianity uh, will go to, and many people will go to an understanding of Jesus as an individual who was trying to make change in his day and poured his life out, actually expended his life trying to make that change because it was so valuable. And so Jesus has been a symbol for many people who would not understand him as Christ, which is a very different kind of model, uh, who would understand him as as a model for us to challenge the systems of the day that divide, that judge, that that exclude. But you don't see any divinity in Jesus then? Uh, that would preclude divinity in Jesus, yeah. Oh, and, so and many, many Christian leaders... Just a model citizen that had uh, lessons to tell for the ages, to teach for the ages. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, you know, uh, Scott, i got to get you in here because, I mean... Greta sees the paradigm shift, or it's maybe shape-shifting of Christianity in the model. I mean, 2,000 years, uh, some would say it's intractable. You can't change it. It's doctrinal, and uh, Jesus was the presence of man and divinity in one. What's your thought on that? I mean, is it uh, possible to see Christianity evolve even to the point of negating Christ in the equation? Well, no, is the short answer to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm open to the long answer. The, the longer answer, uh, I, I guess, is that uh, 
in his own words, Jesus says that uh, no one comes to the Father except by him, that is, by Jesus himself. So to remove Christ from Christianity would seem to me to evacuate the faith of all content whatsoever. There is something to be said for the adaptability of the faith in different contexts, and of course, uh, because the, the world changes. But God himself does not change. His character is immutable. It is perfectly good. He is the lawgiver, and and we, uh, as beings made in his image, uh, must conform to that image, or we will find ourselves in grievous sin and uh, in grievous social problems. And the evolution of Christianity, uh, so-called here, I think is nothing but the submergence of Christianity be, uh, under uh, worldly doctrines. And, and quite frankly, I don't think that it offers anything that evolution itself doesn't offer. I mean, why would you bother with a Christianity that simply speaks of evolution but no God? I mean, to deny Christ's divinity is to offer nothing different than the world offers. I don't know why anyone would be different than that. And, and uh, we were talking before the program uh, for Jesus Awareness Week at University of Toronto, I and a number of other uh, local pastors will be speaking, and we will be presenting the fact that Christ is God, and that he died for our sins, and that that message is as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. And you're doing that tonight at the U of T? Yes, uh, speaking at OISE myself. Yeah. Okay, so you're pretty firm and fixed that uh, Christ uh, is man and divine, uh, you know, as complex as that is, that's central to the faith. And of course. Greta is saying there's a paradigm shift now that involves evolving the image and uh, the meaning of, of Jesus. Uh, so obviously there's a, a schism that's happening yeah. here within a, a body of faith, so as it were. Absolutely, and that and that schism started way back. Uh, where, I mean, Scott says that... that Jesus said that no one comes to the Father, to the Father, but through Him. And in actual fact, Jesus, we have no idea what Jesus said. Um, the the records that we have in the Gospels, and there's a variety of Gospels that were not included in the Bible for probably political reasons. Um, what's written down there was written down there by humans who were trying to interpret something for a certain group of people for a certain time. It's very contextual and very prejudicial in its perspective. So we don't know whether Jesus said that. And and the worldview that, that Jesus lived in is not a worldview that we live in. So I think it's extremely important that we take out of our faith uh, contexts, um, we, we look to them and find out what from this faith has has been helpful and has has worked to change the world for the better, that has that has evolved goodness, that has evolved empathy, that has evolved compassion, that helps us speak to those oppressive systems in the same way that, that my understanding and my reading of the Gospels uh, through a very critical perspective uh, saw Jesus doing in his day. So how do I live that out? And what if our faith has been an important part of that? Let's Let's salvage that uh-huh. and use that uh, in our work in the world well, and right. leave those things that have not been helpful, that have been divisive and destructive, Such as? leave them behind. Such as doctrines that say that J- Jesus is the only way to salvation, which which puts into anyone who holds that idea a particularly arrogant perspective in relation to anyone else who doesn't have that view. I mean, can we even say that you're practicing Christianity? I believe I'm practicing Christianity, and, right. and you know, but you if Scott and I a- were to carry on our conversation, I would probably say that I'm living out a Christianity that's more representative of what Jesus was doing in his context. I'm doing in my context uh, more than Scott. If Jesus came back right now and and walked into our churches and saw 
saw people um, admiring him and praying to him and singing to him, I think that he'd be shocked. Uh, I really well, do. All right, Scott, you're perplexed by all of this. I mean, uh, maybe a little too radical for you. A progressive Christianity, uh, to some minds, I'm sure seems an oxymoron, but uh, you wanted to comment. I mean, would Jesus be shocked if he came back today at the practitioners of the faith? Uh, he wouldn't be shocked because in in uh, the in the Bible it talks about those who will depart from the faith once delivered to the saints and who will preach all sorts of doctrines that are are heretical. And quite frankly, I think this unambiguously is so. You, um, you believe that Greta's a heretic? Sure, of course. Because and I don't uh, but, believe there's such a thing as heresy. Right. Well, a, her- a heresy by definition is somebody who chooses to have their own opinion on what the faith constitutes and and deviates from the doctrine that the church has been built on from the very foundation. That is the definition of a heretic, is somebody that chooses to have a, a, a variant opinion on what constitutes the faith. Now, as far as the, uh, we talked about the, the, the Gnostic Gospels and so forth, these were written many centuries after Jesus' life. The Gospels that we have, uh, the four Gospels that are in the canon of Scripture, were eyewitness accounts. They were written during the lifetime of the Apostles. People could have contradicted them. They're vastly different documents. To suggest that there's a political motivation, uh, I think, uh, questions whether there is a political motivation or the one asking that. All right, let's ask a question to the audience. Uh, And by the way, I appreciate you coming hard from both your points of view. uh, But would you support the all-new and improved Christianity? In other words, the evolved Christianity that Greta is espousing. She believes the paradigm shift has much merit, whereas uh, Scott Masson believes that uh, the doctrine has established 2,000 years of practice. Uh, It's pretty much perfected, and it is what it is. Uh, It's intractable, or you're not going to shapeshift it. Uh, Which is the better paradigm, or which would you subscribe to? Which do you support? Which do you defend? 870-6400. We do see the schism playing out here in our two culture warriors, Scott Masson, associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church and founder of the Center for Progressive Christianity. Again, to weigh in with your thoughts, 870-6400 on Cell Star 640. All right, we're back into it here. Scott Masson, pastor, associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Almost gave you uh, an upgrade. Uh, <laughs> Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church and founder of the Center for Progressive Christianity. And so uh, progressive Christianity has maybe raised more than a few eyebrows, but you submit it's uh, the more uh, the new and improved Christianity, and uh, you're uh, walking the walk as well as talking the talk. Let's find out how the folks feel about this schism that's being represented here this morning. Do you think, by the way, that this is uh, something that's gaining traction and more and more people are questioning traditional Christianity and doctrine and uh, are seeing a progressive bent to it, Greta? Is that I your think sense? That, I think that more people are finding themselves unable to embrace the, a worldview which no longer works for us and, and walking away from the church or asking for ways that community can express and support them as they, as they work to live uh, lives of goodness and 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 well-being in a very chaotic environment. All right, let's get Kevin's call in here in Oakville. Go ahead, Kevin, you're on the Oakley Show. A great day for talk radio. Thank you, Kev. Hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm saddened and I'm disappointed by the view, but this is, this is not a schism, a new schism. This thing's been around for a long, long time. The problem with, the, to me, the essence of this is not that um, the failure of the church is, is people following Jesus and loving Jesus, that there's not enough people doing that. And, it, you know, Greta's comments about, well, we don't even know what the Bible said. We don't even know what Jesus said. Well, 
if we take that viewpoint on any part of the Bible, then the whole thing breaks down. And, Absolutely, and you're right. right. And so if that's the case, then let's just, why don't we just all make it whatever works for anybody in life, as opposed to the essence of it, which is believe that it, the Bible is the, is the inspired word of Christ. And you mm-hmm. can't pick and choose then. And so you're, you're actually kind of a contradiction in terms, because mm-hmm. it, without Jesus, there is no Christianity by definition. So, you know, and I always love it when people say, well, we've got to get with the times. Like, come on, you guys, you're so outdated. You gotta get... Jesus is more relevant today and is more needed in the world today than he ever was. His message is more relevant today than it ever, ever was. And if people took the time to actually read and read through the entire Bible, and by the way, the evolution of, of Christianity already occurred. It was from the Old to the New Testament, and the bridge was Jesus. Jesus was the revolution of Christianity. And oh, all, you have, all you have to do, Greta, <laughs> is get into his word and listen to his word and believe, Greta. And when was the last time you actually read through the Bible? I read it every morning. I, but I mean the whole thing. Well, it's a, lot, it's a big book. Because there's an awful lot of stuff in there that's absolutely not um, lived out by people who even call themselves very conservative Christians in this day and age. Because well, the thing uh, is, we're, we're all fallen, Greta. We're all fallen, and we all we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so, you know what it is? It's being obedient to His Word every day. You just got to come to His Word every day. It's all your failings and all your shortcomings. Say, you know what? Yeah, I failed today, Lord. Forgive me. I'm going to try and do the good thing today. Well, and, I, and I'd say that uh, I, I agree with the caller on this, and, and I also agree with Greta insofar as that the church is not actually preaching the whole counsel of God, and that's precisely why people think that perhaps it isn't relevant to their lives. It actually is when you open it up and read it and you apply it, and that is the problem, is it's not being applied consistently nor preached faithfully. That is the problem. So when Jesus actually argued with the Pharisees and suggested that uh, they were evil for not actually living out the letter of the law, such as someone who marries a divorced person commits adultery and the and the law that Jesus refers to would have that person stoned. So when Jesus says those kinds of things, we're supposed to be taking that literally or we're, or or how do we take that? Do we not have to interpret those kinds of things, set them in the context in which they were written and then decide that we aren't going to live according to those things? You can't I mean as soon as you do that, as soon as you decide you're not going to stone somebody for marrying a divorced person, then then you're 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 cutting and pasting the gospel, just like you're saying I'm doing. And if you say that Jesus did not say that uh, whoever's without sin, throw the first stone, right? Yeah, there's a great cartoon about him getting really ticked with his mother for throwing the first stone. Well, all right, mm. but what we're saying here is, uh, I mean, to uh, a lot of the, uh, I guess, uh, original Christian thought, uh, the medium is the message, and you can't start massaging it and deviating from that, so... Uh, but we do all the time. Well, we all right. do all the time. Even very conservative Christians do all the time. Well, all right. Uh, perhaps, uh, as the previous caller said, it's their moral shortcomings or failings. But right. uh, this evolution of Christianity, support it or not. Joseph, what do you say here in Toronto? Yeah, um, I, I agree with the previous caller. I, I think that his point is very valid. Um, you, like, who are we to start picking and choosing about what's true what's not true in the Bible? But but the Bible is a human construction, so are we not responsible no, God, to, to actually critique it? It's a human construction. I mean, when you said the Gnostic Gospels that came hundreds of years after Jesus, that's absolutely not true. No, that's there not were true. a pile of, of Gospels available, and they were picked and chosen by by human understanding. I wonder if Humans you know what you're talking fallible. about, Greta. Absolutely, I wonder if, you know I, what you're I wonder talking if about. you've exposed yourself to some really criti- critical contemporary scholarship. Uh, I have indeed. 
Okay. Well, we'll, our, we won't agree on that no, we're, one. We're though. talking about the ones apart from Matthew, uh, Luke, uh, Mark, and John. We're but talking the reality about the, is, the, the reality is that right. we do interpret. We always bring our interpretation to it. So what interpretation are you going to bring to it? Well, personally, I mean, I, I personally believe that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit working through men. Right. And nothing, nothing is going to debate that for me. Okay, so so do you decide that someone who marries someone who's divorced? I mean, if that's a moral failing, how many people then do you know that have failed morally and, and would be condemned, according to Jesus' words, for not living up to the law and actually taking that into their own hands and, and stoning people who, who have committed adultery? All right, so you're saying uh, being a literalist... Uh, being a literalist is ridiculous. So, so if you can't be a literalist, how do you, how do you manage to live... Uh, say, or how do you how do you say that you take the whole Bible if you're not a literalist? Let's go to Wayne's call next on the Oakley Show. Good morning, Wayne. Morning, Johnny. Yep. Um, I got to agree with Greta on this one because um, these the past couple callers have been talking about reading the Bible, but it seems like they uh, skip past the part about idol worship, which is what Christians do today. Uh, indirectly or directly, they they worship Jesus and Mary, which is against any Old Testament. It's against Judaism. Muslims uh, is the same religion. They 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 do not idly worship Muhammad. So, um, if you're going to preach the Bible, you got to go on all bases because because I don't think Jesus told anybody to worship him. Not not for a second. He told uh, the message of Jesus is one God. Worship God. Live your life. Uh, All right. So what you're saying is it's idolatry, and it's been to Greta's point somehow. It's uh, been interpreted by man, and therein lies all of the the confusion and the contradictions, the paradoxes, and so on and so forth. I mean, does the caller have a point on that, Scott? Well, I, the caller's point is a bit incoherent to me. I, I don't think that Christians worship Jesus and Mary. Mm. Even uh, Roman Catholics who who reverence the the Virgin Mary don't consider herself to be a god, so they don't worship her per se. So, and and that's certainly not uh, Greta's point, as far as I understand it. So, I, I don't quite. I don't understand what the caller is saying. All right. I, I guess, you know, uh, if I'm understanding it, and uh, I don't purport to, but uh, he was saying there are contradictions inherent in the Christian Bible. Let's go to Monty and Barry. Uh, Monty, do you subscribe to the point that Christianity can be improved and it's evolved and it's uh, evolving? Good morning, John. Christianity is the best religion you can find in the world. As we are speaking today, all the laws of this land are constructed by the Christianity rules. If it wasn't for the Christianity, Greta, you wouldn't be able to sit there and speak as a woman. Because in every other religion, you are worthless. You have no right to be speaking. Well, I'm not allowed to, to speak in the opinion. church, according to Christianity. Oh, no, I'm you're not, not supposed to Won't speak, speak in the, the church. Won't you speak the truth about the Quran? Won't you speak the truth? I dare you. If you sit one day and speak about Quran, you are scared shitless. Let me tell All you. All right, let's not uh, devolve. Uh, we're talking about the evolution. By the way, Judeo-Christian tradition, I guess we could expand that uh, context of, you know, the laws upon uh, which this land was built. Alex, last word on this one goes to you. I mean, this rift or schism, uh, which side of the uh, equation do you fall on? I uh, don't understand why anybody who debates religion never talks about the origins of religion, which is when a guy tied antlers on his head, danced around a fire, casting shadows on a wall, and saying that the Thunder God wants free roast beef and a virgin. And then he evolves to Christianity and every other idiotic religion. Religion is spiritualized ignorance. All right. Uh, 
I mean, you, Scott, I mean... Uh, well, the Christian faith is the antithesis to what you're talking about here. It's the revealed word of God uh, worked out and acted in history and believed on by people and lived out in their lives. It's not some sort of thing that we drum up from ourselves out of the out of the quiver in our liver, like and the, the caller the suggests. Collar, the caller goes to the anthropology of religion, and if, you're, if you read if you're the anthropology of religion, then you, buy into you that, learn yeah. an awful lot about the origins of the religion that you believe in, and that's a very important thing for believers to do, is figure out where their religion came from, whose purposes it was fulfilling, what context it grew out of, and why. Well, all right. But of course, if you don't know what the Word of God is, one way or the other, how would you ever figure that well, out? Well, there goes that yeah. arrogance that I was speaking of earlier. <laughs> I agree, but I'm, I'm trying to forgive you. Well, there you go. Uh, it's all uh, done in the, the Christian spirit of forgiveness and, uh, you know, amelioration. We'll let it go on that note. Scott Mason, Masson rather, is the associate pastor at the Westminster uh, Chapel here in Toronto. Greta Voster, uh, Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church, founder of the Center for Progressive Christianity. Thank you both. Uh, we wish you, you know, peace Thank and you, uh, order Thank on the you, way Scott. out. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.